Faust. Act 3, Scene 1. Alberg's wine cellar, Leipzig. A bout of merry fellows. Froschk. Will no one sing, no one crack a joke? I'll teach you to make saucy faces, like old wet straw today you smoke, while bright as flame you wanted blazes. Brander. The blame lies with yourself, for you have given us, today, no fun nor frolic to enlighten us. Frost, throwing a glass of wine over his head. There, hast thou both? Randa, double swine. Frost, you ask for a joke, I give it to you in wine. Siebel, out of the door with all who dare to quarrel, give us your pipes full play, this is no place to snarl. Up, holler ho. Altmeyer. Woe's me, the devil and his crew are here, some cotton home, he makes my eardrum crack. Siebel. Roar on, for when the vault loud echoes back, the deep bass notes come thundering to the ear. Frosk. Right, right, out with each saucy fellow, a tara la la da. Altmeyer. A tara la ra da. Frosk. Our throats are now quite mellow. Sings, the Holy Roman Empire now, how goes it hold together? A clumsy song, by political song, a scurvy song, thank God, with each tomorrow. The Roman Empire can give you small sorrow, for me, I deem I'm wealthier and wiser, for being neither Chancellor nor Kaiser. Yet even we must have a head to rulers, let us choose a Pope and drink well to schoolers. Come, well you know the qualification, that lifts a man to consideration. Frosk sings. Mount up, Lady Nightingale, greet my love ten thousand times. Siebel. No, sir, not once, I'll hear no more of this. Frosk. But you shall hear. A greeting and a kiss. He sings. Off the door in silent night, up and let me in, I pray. Shut the door, the morn is bright, shut it, love, I must away. Siebel. Yes, sing and sing, be lord her, be rhyme, have my laugh at that all in good time. She jilted me right rarely soon, she'll make thee sing to the same tune. To a fitter cobbled with his love should bless her, on some cross road to cock her to caress her. Or that some old he-goat and tramps away, while merry blocks egg on the first of May. Should greet her passing with lusty bar, an honest man and genuine flesh and blood, is for the wench by far too good, batter her doors, her windows shiver, that's all the serenade I'd give her. Brander, striking the table. Gentlemen, here, only attend me, you'll see that I know how to live. If lovesick people here there be, to honour them I bound to give, a song brim full of the most melting passion. I'll sing a ditty of the nearest fashion, give ear and full swell sonorous, let each and all ring forth the chorus. He sings. In a pantry hole her lived a rat on bacon and butter. It had a paunch as round and fat as Dr. Martin Luther. The cook placed poison in its way. It felt as strained all the day, as if it had love in its body. Chorus shouting, as if it had love in its body! Brander. It ran within, it ran without, and slipped with every puddle. And scratched and gnawed, but bettered not the fever of its noddle. With many a twinge it tossed and tossed, seemed ready to give up the ghost, as if it had loved in its body. Chorus. As if it had love in its body. Brander. It left its hole for every pain into the kitchen crawling and snuffling there with might and main upon the earth lay sprawling. The cook she laughed when she saw it die. It squeaks, quoth she, with the lightest sigh, as if it had love in its body. Chorus. As if it had love in its body. 
Seaborn. How the hard-hearted boys rejoice, as if there were a trade so choice, to teach the rats and mice to die. Brander. Rats find great fervour in your eyes. Altmeyer. He oily points the bald plate. He has eyes of sorrow for the creature, for why? He could not fail to see in the swollen rat his own best feature. Scene 2. Enter Faust and Mistopheles. Mistopheles. First thing of all I bring you here, into a company of jolly cheer, that you may learn how men contrive without much thought to care to live. These fellows feast their lives away in continual holiday. With little wit and much content, their narrow round of life is spent, as playful kittens oft are found to chase their own tails round and round. So live they on from day to day, as long as her headache keeps away, and by no anxious thought are crossed while they get credit from their host. Brenda, These gentlemen are strangers in their face. One reads they lack the breeding of the place. They're not an hour arrived, I warrant thee. Frosk. There you are right. Leipzig's the place, I say. It is a little Paris in its way. Siebel. What think you may the strangers be? Frosk. Leave that to me. I'll soon fish out the truth. Fill me a bumper till it overflows, and then I'll draw the worms out of their nose, as easily as twere an infant's tooth. To me they seem to be of noble blood. They look so discontented and so proud. Brander. Quack doctors both. Altmeyer, what do you think? Altmeyer, tis like Frosk. Mark me, I'll make them feel the screw. Mistopheles to Faust. They have no nose to smell the devil out, even when he has them by the snout. Faust, be greeted, gentlemen. Siebel, with much respect return we salute, softly eyeing Mistopheles from one side. What does that fellow limp upon on one foot? Mistopheles, with your permission, we'll make so free as to intrude upon your company. The host's poor wines may keep us in sobriety, but we at least enjoy your good society. Altmeyer, our wine is good, and for to speak the truth, your mother fed you with too nice a tooth. Frosk, when left you Ripak, you must have been pressed for time, supped with your squire hands by the way. Mistopheles. We had no time to stay, but when I last came by, I was his guest. He spoke much of his cousins, and he sent to you, and all, full of money, a compliment. He makes a bow to Frosk. Altmeyer softly. You have him there. He understands the jest. Siebel. He is a knowing one. Frosk. I'll sift him through anon. Mistopheles. As we came in, a concert struck my ear, of skilful voices in chorus pealing. A gleesome song sound most nobly here, re-echoed freely from the vaulted ceiling. Frosk. Perhaps you have yourself some skill. Mistopheles. Oh no, had I the power, I should not want the will. Altmeyer. Give us a song. Mistopheles. A thousand, willingly. Siebel, only brand new, I say, no threadbare strain. Mistopheles, we are but just come from a tour in Spain, the lovely land of wine and melody. He sings, there was a king in old times that had a huge big fleet frosk. Ha 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 ha, 
a flea. He seems a man of taste. A flea, I wish, is a most dainty guest. Mistopheles sings again. There was a king in your times that had a huge flea. As if it were his own son, he loved it mightily. He sent out for the tailor to get a suit of clothes. He made my lord a dress coat. He made him a pair of hose. Brander. Be sure that Monsieur Taylor be told to make his measure most exact and nice, and as upon his head he put a price to make the hose without a crease or fold. Mistopheles. In velvet and in silk clad, he strutted proudly then, and showed his star and garter with tilted gentlemen. Prime Minister they made him, with cross and ribbon gay, and then all his relations at court had much to say. This caused no vexation at court, I tell you true. The Queen and whole her ladies were bitten black and blue, and yet they does not catch them nor crack them when they might, but we are free to catch them and crack them when they bite. Chorus shouting, but we are free to catch them and crack them when they bite. Frost. Bravo, bravo, his voice is quite divine. Sibyl, such fate may every flea befall. Brander, point your nails and crack them all. Altmire, a glass to liberty, long live the vine. Mistopheles, I drink to liberty with right good will, if we had only better wine to drink. Sibyl, you might have kept that to yourself, I think. Mistopheles. I only fear our host might take it ill, else should I give to every honoured guest from our own cellar of the very best. Siebel. Oh, never fear. If you but find the wine, our host shall be content, the risk be mine. Frosk. Give me a flowing glass, and praise you shall not want, so that your sample mark me be not scant. I cannot judge of wine unless I fill my mouth and throat to a goodly swill. Altmeyer. Softly, I see the gentlemen are from the Rhine. Mistopheles, give me a gimlet here, I'll show you wine. Brander, what would the fellow bore? Has he then wine casts at the door? Altmeyer, there, in the basket, you will find a store of tools with our good landlord sometimes uses. Mistopheles, taking the gimlet to Frosk, now every man may taste of what he chooses. Frosk, how mean you that? Can you afford? Mistopheles. No fear of that, my cellar is well stored. Altmeyer to Frosk. Aha! I see you smack your lips already. Frosk. I'll have Rhine wine. What fatherland produces is better far than French or Spanish juices. Mistopheles. Boring a hole in the edge of the table where Frosk is sitting. Fetch me some wax to make the stoppers already. Altmeyer, he means to put us off with the juggery. Mistopheles to Brander, and you, sir, what? Brander, champagne for me, and brisk and foaming let it be. Mistopheles bores. Meanwhile, one of the party has got the stoppers ready and closes the holes. Brander, to foreign climes a man must sometimes roam in quest of things he cannot find at home, for Frenchmen, Germans have no strong affection. But to their wines we seldom make objection. Siebel, while Mistopheles is coming round to him. I have no taste for your sour wines today. I wish to have a swig of good tokay. Mistopheles, boring. That you shall have, and of the very best. Altmeyer. No, gentlemen, tis plain you mean to jest. If so, in me you much mistake your man. Mistopheles, 
Ha <laughs> ha! No little risk, methinks I ram. To venture tricks with noble guests like you, come make your choice, speak boldly out, and I will do my best your wish to gratify. Altmeyer. Give me what wine you please, only not much ado. After having bored and stoppered up all the holes, Mistopheles, with strange gestures. Grapes on the vine grow, horns on the goat, the wine is juicy, the vine is of wood. The wooden table can give as good. Look into nature's depths with me, whoso hath faith shall wonders see. Now draw the corks and quaff the wine. All, drawing the corks and quaffing the outstreaming liquor each as he had desired. O blessed stream, O fount divine! Mistopheles, drink on, only be cautious in your hurry. They drink freely. All, singing. No king of cannibals today more bravely rules the drinking bout that we when like five hundred swine we drain the brimming bumpers out. Mistopheles, tough Faust. Look at the fellows now, are they not merry? Faust. I feel inclined to go, tis getting late. Mistopheles. Soon shall we have a glorious revelation of the pure beast in man, if you but wait. Siebel. Drinks carelessly, the wine falls to the ground and becomes flame. Help! Fire! The devil's here! Death and damnation! Mistopheles, addressing himself to the flames. Peace, friendly element, be still. To the company. This time was but a spout of purgatorial flame. Siebel. What's that? You little know your men. We'll tame your impudence, your juggling knave we will. Frosk. Twere dangerous to repeat such gambols here. Altmeyer. Methinks twere best to whisper in his ear that he had better leave the room. Siebel. What, sirrah, do you then presume to play your hocus-pocus here? Mistopheles. Peace, old wine cask. Siebel. You broomstick, you. Must we bear your insolence too? Brander. Wait, wait, it shall rain blows anon. Altmeyer drops a stopper from the table and fire rushes out on him. I burn, I burn. Siebel, there's a witchcraft in his face. The fellow's an outlaw, strike him down. They draw their knives and attack Mistopheles. Mistopheles, with serious mind. False be I and false be here. Change the sense and change the place. Now be there and now be here. They look as thunderstruck and stare at one another. Altmeyer. Where am I? In what lovely land? Trosk. Vineyards, can it be so? Siebel. And grapes to quite a hand. Brander. And here beneath this shady tree, this noble vine, these blushing clusters see. He seizes Siebel by the nose, the rest seize one another in the same manner, and lift up their knives. Mistopheles, as above. Let error now their eyes unclose, the devil's joke to understand. He vanishes with Faust. The fellows start back from one another. Siebel. What's the matter? Altmeyer. How now? Frosk. Was that your nose? Brander to Siebel. And yours is in my hand. Altmeyer. It was a stroke shot through my every limb. Give me a chair. I faint. My eyes grow dim. Frosk. 
Now tell me only what has been the matter. Siebel. Where is the fellow? Could I catch him here? His life out of his body I should batter. Altmeyer. I saw him just this instant disappear, riding upon a wine class, I declare. I feel a weight like lead about my feet. Turning to the table. I wonder if his wine still be here. Siebel. There's not a single drop. Twas all a cheat. Frosk. And yet methinks that I was drinking wine. Brander. And I could swear I saw a clustered vine. Altmeyer. Let none say the age of miracles is past. Scene 3. Witcher's Kitchen. A cauldron is seen boiling on a low hearth. Numbers of strange, fantastic figures tumbling up and down in the smoke. A mother cat ape sits beside the cauldron, taking off the scum, keeping it from boiling over. An old cat ape beside her warming himself with his young ones. Roof and walls are covered over with a strange assortment of furniture and implements used by witches. Enter Faust and Mistopheles. Faust. I cannot brook this brainless bedlam stuff, and must it be that I shall cast my slough in this hotbed of all unreason doing? Shall an old bedlam give me what I lack? And can her pots and pans, with all her brewing, shake off full thirty summers from my back? Woe's me, if thou canst boast no better scheme, my brightest hopes are vanished as a dream. Has nature then, and has some noble spirit, no balsam for the body to repair it? Mistopheles. My friend, with your great sense I cannot but be smitten. Nature too boasts a plan to renovate your age, but in a wondrous volume it is written, and wondrous is the chapter and the page. Faust. But I must know it. Mistopheles. Good. The poorest man may try it, without or witch or quack or gold to buy it, and yet it works a certain cure. Go take thee and the peasant to the moor, and straight begin to hew and hack, confine thee there with, with patient mood, within the narrow beaten track, and nourish thee with simplest food. Live with the brute a brute, and count it not too low, to dung the cornfields thine own hands shall mow. Then, than this I know on earth no medicine stronger, to make by fourscore years both soul and body younger. Faust. I was not trained to this, was never made to labour with pickaxe and spade, such narrow round of life I may not brook. Mistopheles. Then you must look to another book, and be content to take the witch for cook. Faust. But why this selfsame ugly Jezebel? Could you not brew the drink yourself as well? Mistopheles. A precious pastime, that indeed. Meanwhile I have built bridges, many a German mile. Not heart and science strict are here enough, but patience too and perseverance tough. A thoughtful soul toils on through many a silent year. Time only makes the busy ferment clear. Besides that the ingredients all are passing strange and mystical. Tis true the devil taught them how to do it, but not the devil with his own hands can brew it. Looking at the cat apes. Lo, what a tiny gay parade! Here's the man and there's the maid. Addressing them. It seems that your good mother has gone out. The cat apes. Up the chimney went she out to a drinking bout. Mistopheles. Is it her wont to gossip long without? The animals. As long as we sit here and warm our feet. Mistopheles to Faust. 
What think you of the brutes? Are they not neat? Faust. I never saw such tasteless would-be drolls. Pooh, pooh, I know no greater declectation. On earth that's such a merry conversation. To the brutes. Now let us hear, you pretty dolls. What are you stirring in that pot? The brutes. Soup for beggars, hissing and hot, thin and water, that's the stew. Mistopheles. Your customers will not be few. The father cat ape comes up and fawns upon Mistopheles. Come rattle the dice, make me rich in a trice. Come, come, let me gain. My case is so bad it scarce could be worse. Were I right in my purse, I'd be right in my brain. Mistopheles. How happy would the apish creature be to buy a ticket in the lottery? Meanwhile, the young cat apes have been playing with, large, with a large globe and roll it forwards. The father cat ape. Such is the world, so doth it go, up and down, to and fro. Like glass it tinkles, like glass it twinkles. Break in a minute, has nothing within it. Here it sparkles, there it darkles. I am alive, my dear son, I say. Keep out of the way. If you don't strive, you will die. You will die. It is but of clay, and in pieces will fly. Mistopheles. What make you with the sieve? The father cat ape, bringing down the sieve. Then comes a thief, on the instant we know him. He runs off to mother cat ape, and lets her look through the sieve. Look through the sieve, seest thou the thief, and fearest to show him. Mistopheles, coming to the fire. And this pot? Father cat ape and his wife. The silly sot, he knows not the pot, and he knows not the kettle the sot. Mistopheles, you ill-bred urchin, you. The father cat ape, come, sit thee down, we'll give thee a crown and a scepter too. He obliges Mistopheles to sit down, and gives him a long brush for a scepter. Faust, who, while Mistopheles was engaged with the animals, had been standing before a mirror, alternately approaching it and retiring from it. What see here I, what heavenly image bright, within this magic mirror chains my sight. O oh, love, the swiftest of thy pinions lend me, that where she is in rapture I may bend me. Alas, when I would move one step more near, to breathe her balmy atmosphere, she seems to melt and disappear, and cheats my longing eye. Oh, she is fair beyond all type of human, is't possible, can this be a simple woman? There she lies on that downy couch reposing, within herself the heaven of heavens enclosing. Can it then be that the earth a thing so fair contains? Mistopheles. Of course, for when a god has vexed his brains for six long days and when his work is done, says bravo to himself, is it a wonder he should make one fair thing without a blunder? For this time give thine eyes their pleasure, I know how to procure you such a one. When thou mayst drink, delight in brimming measure, and bless the man from fate shall decide to lead home such a treasure as his bride. Faust continues, gazing on the mirror. Mistopheles stretches himself on the armchair, and, playing with the brush, goes on as fellows. Here, from my throne a monarch I look down, my scepter this. I wait to get my crown. The animals, who had in the interval been wheeling about the strange antic gestures, bringing a crown to Mistopheles with loud shouts. It be but so good with sweat and with blood, your crown to glue as monarchs do. They use the crown rather roughly, in consequence of which it falls into two pieces, with which they jump about. 
no sorrow and shame, tis broken, no doubt, but we'll make a name when our poem comes out. Faust, gazing on the mirror. Woe's me, her beauty doth my wits confound, Mistopheles, pointing to the brutes. And even my good brain is whirling round and round, the brutes. As if we will speed, as speed well we ought. We are makers indeed, we are moulders of thought. Faust, as above. I burn, I burn this rapturous glow, consumes me sheer, come, let us go. Mistopheles, as above. One must at least confess that they are honest poets in their way. The kettle which had been neglected by Mother Cate begins to boil over. A great flame rises and runs up the chimney. The witch comes through the flame down the chimney with a terrible noise. The witch. Ow, 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 thou damned brute, thou cursed sow, to leave the kettle and singe the frow, thou cursed imp thou. Turning to Faust and Mistopheles. What's this here now? Who are you? Who are you? Where's here ado? Ye are scouts, ye are scouts. Out with the louts. A fiery arrow, consume your marrow. She plunges the ladle into the kettle and spurts out flame on Faust, Mistopheles, and the brutes. These last whine. Mistopheles, who in the meantime had turned around the butt end of the brush, now dashes in amongst the pots and glasses. In two, in two, there lies the broth, the glass and the kettle shiver them both. Tis a jest thou must know, thou carrion crow, tis a tune to keep time to thy senseless rhyme. While the witch, foaming with rage and fury, draws back. What knowest me not, thou scrag, thou Jezebel, thy lord and master, thou shouldest know me well. What hinders me in all my strength to come, and crush you and your catims neath their thumb? Knowest not the scarlet doublet, mole-eyed mother? Bows not the knee before the famed cock's feather? Use your old eyes behind a mask. Did I conceal my honest face? And when I came here, must I ask a special introduction to your grace? The witch. O oh, my liege lord, forgive the rough salute. I did not see the horse's foot. And where to have you left your pair of ravens? Mistopheles. For this time you may thank the heavens that you have made so cheap an escape. Tis some time since I saw your face, and things since then have moved apace. The march of modern cultivation, that licks the whole world into shape, has reached the devil in his wise generation. The northern phantom is no longer seen, and horns and tail and claws have been, and for my hoof, with which I can't dispense, in good society twould give fence. Therefore, like many a smart sprig of nobility, I use false calves to trick my gentility. The witch, dancing. Heyday, it almost turns my brain to see Squire Satan here again. Mistopheles. Woman, you must not call me by that name. The witch. And wherefore not? I see no cause for shame. Mistopheles. That name has had its station long assigned, with mother bunch, and yet I cannot see. Men are much better for the want of me. The wicked one is gone, the wicked stayed behind. Call me now Baron, less than that were rude. I'm a cavalier like other cavaliers, my line is noble and my blood is good. Here is a coat of arms that all the world reveres. He makes an indecent gesture. The witch, laughing immoderately. Ha ha ha, now I perceive old Nick is here. You are a rogue still as you always were. Mistopheles, aside to Faust. My friend, I give you here your wit to wet, a little lesson in witch etiquette. The witch. Now say, good sirs, 
What would you have with me? Mistopheles. A glass of your restoring liqueur that makes an old man's blood run quicker and bring the best out of your bins with the year's juice in virtue wins. The witch. Most willingly. Here I've got a vial of which myself at times make trial. Tis now a pleasant mellow potion you shall not meet me with a denial. Softly. Yet if this worthy man drinks it without precaution, his life can't stand an hour against this strong infection. Mistopheles. Leave that to me. He's under my protection. Ripe for the draught. No harm will come to him. The witch, with strange gestures, draws a circle and places many curious things within it. Meanwhile the glasses begin to tinkle and the kettle to sound and make music. She brings a large book puts the catapes in the circle and makes them serve as a desk to lay the book on and hold the torches. She motions to Faust to come near. Faust, to Mistopheles. Now say, what would she with this flummery, these antic gestures, this wild bedlam stuff, this most insipid of all mummery, I know it well, I hate it well enough. Mistopheles, sure, nonsense, come, give us your sermonising and learn to understand what a good joke is. Like other quacks, she plays her hocus-pocus. It gives the juice of virtue most surprising. He obliges Faust to enter the circle. The witch, declaiming from the book with great emphasis. Now be exact. Of one make ten, then two subtract. And add three then, this make thee rich. Four shalt thou bait, or five and six, so says the witch. Make seven and eight, and all is done. And nine is one, and ten is none. Here take and spell, if you are able, the witch's multiplication table. Faust. This is a jargon worse than Babel. Say, is she fevered? Is she mad? Mistopheles. Oh, never fear. The rest is quite as bad. I know the book and oft have vexed my brains. With bootless labour on its rhymes and rules, a downright contradiction still remain. Mysterious alike for wise men and for fools, my friend, the art is old and new. Ancient and modern schools agree, with three and one and one and three, plain to perplex and false in weave with true. So they expand discourse, dispute, dis debate. What man of sense would plague him with their prate? Men pin their faith to words, it sounds high, sapiens weaning, though words were surely made to have a meaning. The Witch goes on reading from the book. The soul to know beneath the show, and view it without blinking, the simple mind, the craft will find without the toil of thinking. Faust. What a flood of nonsense, now she's pouring over us. She'll split my skull with her insensate chatter. I feel as if I heard the ceaseless clatter of thirty thousand idiots in a chorus. Mistopheles. Enough, kind Sybil, thanks for thy good will. Now bring your jug here and the goblet fill with this prime juice till it be brimming over. My friend here is a man of high degrees, and will digest this draught with ease. He has swilled many a goodly glass before. The witch, with many ceremonies, pours the beverage into a cup. While Faust brings it to his mouth, a light flame arises. Mistopheles, come, quaff it boldly without thinking. The draught will make thy height burn with love. Art with the devil hand and glove? And from a fire spurt wouldst be shrinking? The witch loses the circle. Faust steps out. Mistopheles, come quickly out, you must not rest. The witch, I hope the swig will work wonders on thee. Mistopheles, 
And you, if you have out to beg of me, upon a Valpurgis knack to make your request. The Witch. Here is a song at time sung. You will find it hath wondrous workings on your mind. Mistopheles to Faust. Come, yield thee now to my desire. Be meek for once and own the bride. You must keep quiet and let yourself perspire, that through the inmost frame of your potent juice may pierce. Then we have time to spare, I will rehearse, some lessons of art of being nobody idle. And soon thy heart with ecstasy shall know, how cupid gins to stir and boundeth and to and fro. Faust, turning again towards the mirror. Indulge me with one glance, one moment spare, it was a virgin form surpassing fair. Mistopheles, no, no, with my good aid thou shalt see, the paragon of women bodily. Aside. Anon, if this good portion does its duty, he'll see every wench in the Trojan beauty. Scene 4. The street. Faust. Margaret. Passes over. Faust. My fair young lady, may I dare to offer you my escort home? Margaret. Nor lady I, good sir, nor fair, and need no guide to show me home. Exit. Faust. My heaven, this child is passing fair. A fairer never crossed my view. Of such a modest, gentle air, it with a dash of pertness too, and girlish innocent conceit. Her lips so red, her cheeks so bright, forget I could not, if I might. How she cast down her lovely eyes, deep graven in my heart it lies, and how so smartly she replied, and with a sharp turn stepped aside, it was most ravishingly sweet. Enter Mistopheles. Faust. Hark, you must get the girl for me. Mistopheles. Which one? Faust. She's just gone by. Mistopheles. What? She? She's only now come from confession, where she received the full remission. I slink close by the box and heard the simple damsel's every word. It's a most guileless thing that goes. For very nothing to the priest, my power does not exceed to those. Faust. Yet she is fourteen years of age at least. Mistopheles. You speak like Jack the debauchee, who thinks every sweet flower grows for me, as if his wish sufficed alone to make each priceless pearl his own, but tis not so and cannot be. Faust. My good sir knight of pedantry, lay not thou down the law to me, and this for good and all be told, unless this very night I hold, the sweet young maid in my embrace, tis the last time you shall see my face. Mistopheles. Bethink thee, what with here and what with there, the thing requires no little care, for fourteen days must first be spent to come upon the proper scent. Faust. Had I but seven good hours of rest, the devil's aid I'd never request to mould this fair young creature to my bent. Mistopheles. You speak as if you were a Frenchman born, but though the end be good, we must not scorn. The means what boots the mere gratification. Is it the best half of recreation, when up and down and to and fro the pretty doll, though every kind of fiddle-faddle sweet flirtation you need out first, and dress up to your mind, many Italian tale can show. Faust, I need no tricks to wet my zest. Mistopheles, I tell thee plainly without jest, as things stand here we cannot win, the fort by hotly rushing in, to gain fair lady's favour, you must boldly scheme and gently do. Faust, 
Fetch me something that breathed her air, her home, her chamber, plant me there, a kerchief of her chaste attire, a garter of my heart's desire. Mistopheles. That you may see how I would fain, do what I can to ease your pain, we shall not lose a single minute, I know her room, thou shalt not enjoy thee in it. Faust. And shall I see her? Have her? Mistopheles. No. She'll be with a neighbour better so. Meanwhile unhindered thou mayst go, and on the hope of joys that wait thee, within her atmosphere mayst sate thee. Faust. Can we now go? Mistopheles. No, we must wait till night. Faust. Go fetch a present from my heart's delight. Exit. Mistopheles. Presents are ready. Good. A lover should not loiter. I know some dainty spots of ground where hidden treasures can be found. I will go straight and reconteer. Scene 5. A small, neat chamber. Margaret, plating and putting up her hair. I wonder who the gentleman could be that on the street accosted me today. He looks a gallant cavalier and gay, and must be of a noble family, that I could read upon his brow, else had he never been so free. Exit. Enter Faust and Mistopheles. Mistopheles, come in, but softly, we are landed now. Faust, after a pause. Leave me alone a minute, I entreat. Mistopheles, looking round about. Not every maiden keeps her room so neat. Exit. Faust, looking around. Be greeted, thou sweet twilight shine, through this chaste sanctuary shed, O seize my heart, sweet pains of love divine, that on a languid dew of hope are fed. What sacred stillness holds the air, what order, what contentment rare, he throws himself on the old leathern armchair beside the bed. Receive thou me, thou who in ages gone, in joy and grief, hast welcomed sire and son. How often round this old paternal throne, a clamouring host of playful children hung. Be like that here my loved one too hath clung, to her whore grandsire's neck with childish joy, thankfully received the yearly Christmas toy. And with the full red cheeks of childhood pressed upon his withered hand a pious kiss. I feel, sweet maid, mine inmost soul possessed. Be thy calm spirit of order and of bliss, that motherly doth teach thee day to day, that bids thee deck the table clean and neat, and crisp the very sand strewn at thy feet. Sweet hand, sweet, lovely hand, where thou dost sway, the meanest hut is decked in heaven's array. And here, he lifts up the bed curtain. O oh, heaven, what strange aromastering might thrills ever sense with fine delight. Here might I gaze on weird day and night. Nature in eerie dreams here didst thou build the mortal hull of angelic child. Here she reposed, her tender bosom teeming, with warmest life in buoyant fullness streaming, and here, with pulse of gently gracious power, the heaven-born bud was nursed into flower. And thou, what brought thee here, why now back shrinks? thy courage with the prize it sought before. What wouldst thou have? Thy heart within thee sinks, poor wretched Faust, thou knowest thyself no more. Do I then breathe a magic atmosphere? I sought immediate enjoyment here, and into viewless dreams my passion flows. Are we the spot of every breath that blows? If now she came and found me gazing here, how for this bold-faced presence must I pay? 
The mighty man, how small would she appear, and at her feet a supplicant sink away. Mistopheles, coming back. Quick, quick, I see her, she'll be here anon. Faust. Yes, let's be gone, for once and all be gone. Mistopheles. Here is a casket of goodly weight. Its former lord, I ween, bewheels its fate. Come, put it in the press, I swear. She'll lose her senses when she sees it there. The trinket that I stowed within it were bait men for a nobler prey. But child is child, and play is play. Faust. I know not, shall I? Mistopheles. Can you doubt a minute? Would you keep the dainty pelf like an old miser to yourself? If so, I would advise you, sir, to spare your squire the bit of toil, and with some choice of sport the hour beguile. Then looking lustily at her, I scratch my head and rub my hands that you... He put the casket in the cupboard and locks the door again. Come, let's away. With this sweet piece of womanhood may do, as you will may sway, and you stand there and gape and stare, as if you looked into a lecture room, and there with awe the twin grey spectres bodily saw. Physics and metaphysics come. Exhort. Enter Margaret with a lamp. Margaret, it is so sultry here, so hot. She opens the window. And yet so warm without is not. I feel I know not how oppressed. Would to God that my mother came. A shivering cold runs o'er my frame. I'm but a silly, timid girl at best. While taking off her clothes, she sings. There was a king in Thule true-hearted to his grave. To him his dying lady a golden goblet gave. He prized it more than rubies at every drinking bout. His eyes they swam in glory when he had drained it out. On his deathbed he counted his cities one by one, and to his heirs he left them, the bold he gave them none. He sat amid his barons and feasted merrily, within his father's castle that beetles o'er the sea. There stood the old carousel, and drinking his life's last glow, then flung the goblet over into the sea below. He saw it fall and gurgling sink deeper into the sea. His eyes they sank in darkness, no bump and more drank he. She opens the cupboard to put in her clothes and sees the casket. How came the pretty casket here? No doubt. I locked the press when I went out. Tis really strange. We like that it was sent, a pledge for money that my mother lent. Here hangs the key, for sure there can be no sin in only looking what may be within. What have we here, good heaven see, what a display of finery? Here is a dress in which a queen might on a gala day be seen. I wonder how the necklace would suit me. Who may the lord of all this splendour be? She puts on the necklace and looks at herself in the glass. Were but the earrings mine to wear, it gives one such a different air. What boots the beauty of the poor? Tis very beautiful to be sure, but without riches little ways, they praise you but half pity that while they praise. Gold is the pole, to which all point the whole. Big world hangs on gold, alas we poor. Scene 6. A walk. Faust going up and down thoughtfully. Then enter Mistopheles. Mistopheles, by all the keen pangs of love, by all the hot blasts of hell, by all the fellest of curses, if curse there be any more fell. Faust, how now, Mephisto? What's the devil's wrong? I never beheld a face one half so long. Mistopheles, but that I am a devil myself, I'd sell both soul and body on the spot to hell. Faust. 
I verily believe you've got a craze. He seems at you with such outrageous phrase to raise like any bedlamite. Mistopheles. Only conceived the box of rare eagles, for Margaret got is in a person's claws. The thing came to the mother's sight, who soon suspected all was not right. The woman has got a most delicate nose. The snuffling through the prayer book goes, and seldom sense a thing in vain, if it be holy or profane. Your jewels, she was not long in guessing, were not like to bring a blessing. My child, quoth she, ill-gotten gear, ensnares the soul, consumes the blood, will give it to Mary, mother dear, and she will feed us with heavenly food. Margaret looked blank. Tis hard, thought she, to put a gift horse away from me, and surely godless was he never, who lodged it here a gracious giver. The mother then brought in the priest. He quickly understood the jest, and his eyes watered at the sight. Good dame, quoth he, you have done right. He conquers all the world who wins, a victory over his darling sins. The church's most sharp-set lady, and her stomach holds good store, has swallowed lands on lands already, and still, unglutted, craves some more. The church alone, my ladies dear, can digest ill-gotten gear. Faust. And that is a general fashion. Jew, and king, and Kaiser have it too. Mistopheles. Then ring, an earring, a necklace and casket, like a bundle of toastals away he bore, thanked her no less, and thanked her no more. Then had been so many nuts in a basket, on heavenly treasures then held an oration, much of course to their edification. Faust. And Margaret? Mistopheles. Sits now in restless mood, knows neither what she would, nor what she should, broods over the trinkets night and day, and on him who sent them more. Faust. Sweet love, her grief thus vex me sore. Mephisto, mark what I say. Give her another straight away. The first were not so very fine. Mistopheles. Oh yes, with you all things are mere child's play. Faust. Quick, hence, and match your will with mine. Throw thee oft in her neighbour's way. Be not a devil of milk and water, and for another gift go cater. Mistopheles. Yes, gracious sir, most humbly I obey. Exit Faust. Mistopheles. Such lovesick fools as these would blow, sun, moon, and stars like vilest stuff, to nothing with a single puff to make their lady love a show. Scene 7. Martha's House. Martha, alone. In honest truth, it was not nobly done, in my good spouse to leave me here alone. May God forgive me while he roams at large over the wide world. I live at my own charge. Sure, he could have no reason to complain. So good a wife he'll not find soon again. She weeps. He may be dead. Ah me, could I but know by a certificate that is really so? Enter Margaret. Margaret. Martha! Martha. What wouldest thou, dear? Margaret. My knees can scarcely bear me. Oh, here, I found a second box today of ebony wood just where the first one lay, brimful of jewels passing rare, much finer than the others. Martha. Have a care. You keep this well masked from your mother. T'would fare no better than the other. Margaret. Only come near and see. Look here. Martha. Decking her with the jewels. 
Thou art a lucky dear. Margaret. And yet I dare not thus be seen, in church or on the public green. Martha. Just come across when you've an hour to spare, and put the gals on here with none to see, then promenade a while before the mirror there. Twill be like a joy alike to thee and me, then on a Sunday or a holiday, our riches by degrees we can display, a necklace first, the drops then in your ear. Your mother sees it not, and should she hear, tis easy to invent some fair pretense or other. Margaret. But whence the pretty casket comes, I fear. There's something in it not right altogether. Knocking. Good God, I hear a step. Is it my mother? Martha, looking through the casement. Tis a strange gentleman. Come in. Enter Mistopheles. Mistopheles. I hope the ladies will not think me rude, that uninvited thus I hear intrude. Observing Margaret, he draws back respectfully. I have commands for Miss Martha Schwerdlane. Martha. For me? What has the gentleman to say? Mistopheles, softly to her. Excuse my freedom, I perceive that you have visitors of rank today. For this I shall bid adieu, and after dinner do myself the pleasure to wait upon you when you're more at leisure. Martha, aloud. Think, child, of all the things in the world the last. My Gretchen for a lady should have passed. Margaret. The gentleman is far too good. I'm a poor girl, boast neither wealth nor blood. This dress, these jewels, are not mine. Mistopheles. Tis not the dress alone that I admire. She has a mind, a gait, a look so fine, that speak the lady more than the costliest attire. Martha. And now your business, sir? I much desire. Mistopheles. Would God I had a better tale to tell. Small thanks I should receive, I know it well. Your husband's dead, his last fond words I bear. Martha. Is dead? The good fond soul? Oh woe, my husband is dead. Flow, sorrow, flow. Margaret. Beseech thee, dearest Martha, don't despair. Mistopheles. Now hear my mournful story to the end. Margaret. I would not love a man on earth to rend me thus with grief when he might hap to die. Mistopheles. Joy hath its sorrow, sorrow hath its joy. Twin sisters are they, as the proverbs say. Martha. Now let me hear the manner of his death. Mistopheles. Where Padua's sacred turrets rise, and above the grave of holy Antony, on consecrated ground thy husband lies and slumbers for eternity. Martha. No further message? Is this all? Mistopheles. Yes, one request, and that not small. For his soul's peace your good man wanted, three hundred masses to be chanted, this is the whole of my commission. Martha. What? Not a jewel, not a coin, no journeyman, however poor, however wild, could make such an omission. But in the bottom of his pouch is sure to keep some small memorial of his wife, and rather beg and rather pine away the remnant of his life. Mistopheles. Madam, for your hard case I greatly grieve, but your good husband has no gold to leave. His sins and follies he lamented sore, yes, and bewailed his own mishap much more. Margaret. 
Alas for all the miseries of mankind, he shall not want my oft-repeated prayer. Mistopheles to Margaret Thou gentle heart dost well deserve to find a husband worthy of a bride so fair. Margaret Ah, no, for that it is too soon. Mistopheles A lover, then, might in the meantime do. Tis boisterous heaven's choice boon to fondle in one arm so sweet a thing as you. Margaret such things are never done with us. Mistopheles. Done or not done, it may be managed thus. Martha. Now let me hear. Mistopheles. By his deathbed I stood, it was a little better than of dung, of mouldy straw, there as a Christian should, with many a sin repented on his tongue. He died, oh how I must, he said. Myself detest so to throw up my trade, and my dear wife abandoned so, it kills me with a simple memory. Oh, might she but now forgive me ere I die. Martha, weeping. Good soul, I have forgiven him long ago. Mistopheles, continuing his interrupted narrative. And yet was she, God knows, much more to blame than I. Martha, what? Did he lie? On the grave's brink to lie? Mistopheles, he fabled to the last, be sure, if I am half a connoisseur. In sooth, I had no time to gape, he said, first to get children, then to get them bread, to clothe them and put them to a trade. From toil and labour I had no release, and could not even eat my own thin slice in peace. Martha, can it be then, has he forgotten quite my fag and drudgery by day and night? Mistopheles, not quite, attend the sequel of my tale. When last we sailed from Malta, so he said, for wife and the children fervently I prayed, and heaven then blew a favourable gale. We came across a Turkish ship that bore home bullion to increase the Sultan's store, and soon by valour's right were masters of all the infidel piastres. The precious soil was shared among the crew, and I received part of that was my due. Martha but where and how? Has he then buried it? Mistopheles. Who knows where the four winds have hurried it? A lady took him under her protection at Naples, and, as he wandered to and fro, she left him many a mark of her affection. As to his life's end, he had cause to know. Martha. The knave, to treat his helpless orphans so, to all our misery and all our need, amid his reckless life he gave no heed. Mistopheles, and for that cause he's dead, if I were you, now mark me well, I'll tell you what I'll do, I'd mourn him decently for one chaste year, then look about for another dear. Martha, alas, God knows it would be hard to find another so completely to my mind, a better-hearted fool you never knew, a love of roving was his only vice, and foreign wine and foreign women too, and the accursed gambling dice. Mistopheles. Such marriage articles were most convenient. Had he to you been only half so lenient, on terms like these myself had no objection to change you with the ring of conjugal affection. Martha. You jest, mine hair. Mistopheles. Aside. A serious jest for me. I'd better go, for if I tarry here, she'll take the devil at his word, I fear. To Margaret. How stands it with your heart, then? Is it free? Margaret. I scarce know what you mean. Mistopheles. 
Sweet guileless heart, ladies farewell. Margaret. Farewell. Martha. One word before you part. I fain would you have it solemnly averred how my husband died, and where he was interred. Order was I my special virtue, and tis right both where and when he died should stand in the newspapers. Mistopheles. Yes, when to attest as scripture saith, the truth is manifest. I have a friend who, at your requisition, before the judge will make a deposition, I'll bring him here. Martha. Yes, bring him with you, do. Mistopheles. And we shall meet your fair young lady too. To Margaret. A gallant youth has been abroad and seen the world a perfect cavalier, I trow. Margaret. Could make me blush should he bestow a single look on one so mean. Mistopheles. You have no cause to be ashamed before the proudest king that ever sceptre bore. Martha. This evening, in the garden then, behind the house, you'll find warm hearts and welcome kind. Scene 8 The Street Faust How now, what news? How speed your labours? Mistopheles Bravo! Tis well you are on fire, soon you shall have your heart's desire. This evening you shall meet her at her neighbours, a dame tis to a nicety maid, for the board and gypsy trade. Faust, tis well. Mistopheles, but you must lend a hand and so must I. Faust, one good turn deserves another. Mistopheles, we must appear before a judge together and solemnly there testify that stiff and stark her worthy spouse doth lie beside the shrine of holy Antony. Faust, most wise, we must first make a goodly travel. Mistopheles, sancta simplicatis. What stuff you drivel! We may make oath and not know much about it. Faust. If that's your best, your best is bad. I scout it. Mistopheles. O oh, holy man that would outwit the devil, is it the first time in your life that you have sworn to what you knew could not be true? O oh, God, the world and all that it contains, of man and all the circles in his veins, or dwells within the compass of his brains, have you not pompous definitions given? with swelling breast and dogmatizing brow, as if you were an oracle from heaven, and yet, in the plain truth you will avow, you knew as much of all these things in faith, as you now know of Master Whiteling's death. Faust. Thou art and wert a sophist and a liar. Mistopheles. Yes, unless one could mount a little higher, tomorrow I shall hear you pour false vows that silly girl before, Swear to do everything to serve her and love her with a quenchless fervour. Faust. And from my heart too. Mistopheles. Oh, of course, of course. Then will you speak till you are hoarse of love and consistency and truth and feelings of eternal youth? Will that too be the simple sooth? Faust. It will, it will, for when I feel, and for the feeling the confusion, of feelings that absorb my mind, seek for names and non-confined, sweep through the universe's girth, for every highest word to give it birth, and then the soul-pervading flame, infinite, endless, endless name, can you call you this now to a devilish delusion? Mistopheles. Still, I am right. Faust. Hold, mark me, you are right indeed, for this is true. 
Who will be right, and only has a tongue, is never wrong. Come, I confess thee, master, is debating, that I may be delivered from thy praving. End of Act Third. <laughs>